I'm Melanie. I was surprised when I couldn't find my mom in the kitchen that morning. Mom? Mom, where are you? I called out. My mom whispered back. Shh, Melanie, please be quiet. I walked toward the sound of her voice. She was ducked down right in the middle of the living room. I whispered, what's going on? My mom was embarrassed. I'm hiding from Mr. Carter, she said. Mr. Carter, the landlord? Why? I asked. Because this is the second month I haven't paid the rent. Poor guy finally had to come knock on our door, she replied. Why aren't you paying the rent? I asked. I've been unemployed for three months. I'm sorry I had to hide it from you. I didn't want you to be upset, she responded. Suddenly, Mr. Carter began banging on the door. We looked at each other anxiously. We held our breath and waited for our landlord to go away. It was easier for me to find a part-time job, so I began looking for one the next day. I found a night position at a spa. I was going to collect the towels the clients used and take them to the laundry. Pay was low, but I was so happy to be able to help my mom. After school, I'd go home and do my homework. Then I'd go to work. We were supposed to wear a uniform with a hat and an apron. I would change into my uniform and go to work. This was the first time I had seen a spa. This place was famous for its massages. Customers paid our monthly rent for an hour-long massage. We even had regulars that showed up every single day. I was surprised that people who could spend a fortune on a massage existed. It turns out there are people even richer than that. One evening when I went to work, I saw that there were no customers. I said to one of the massage therapists, Is the spa closed today? No one told me anything. The massage therapist said, The spa is open, all right, but we'll be serving only one customer today. She's the daughter of a very wealthy family. She comes here twice a month. The spa doesn't take any other customers that day. But don't worry, she's not a snob, even though she's a billionaire. She's lovely. After a while, the expected customer arrived. I couldn't believe my eyes. It was as if I was looking into a mirror. She looked just like me. She didn't realize a thing because I had my hat on. She smiled when our eyes met. I think you're new here. My name is Juliet. What's yours? She asked. I was still in shock. M Melanie, I stuttered. So nice to meet you, Melanie, she said, and headed for the therapy rooms. There were bodyguards everywhere. About three hours later, I heard the bodyguard saying, Miss Juliet is leaving. After a while, I entered the changing rooms to pick up the wet towels. Juliet was still there, and she was crying. I I'm so sorry. I thought you left. I'll come back later to get the towels, I said. Juliet wiped away her tears and said, Will you sit with me for a minute? I don't want to be alone right now. I sat beside her. She put her head on my shoulder. <laughs> I have my graduation ceremony coming up next week. My dad said he would come, but then he told me he would need to be in a meeting in Argentina. Then he asked if I would forgive him if he got me a new plane. He's already bought me three planes. He does this whenever he wants me to forgive him and see that he cares. But he doesn't care at all. He doesn't even remember buying that plane. Then she looked at me. When you go back home, will you hug your mom for me? Mothers never do anything like this. I don't have a mother. If she was still around, she wouldn't leave me alone on my graduation day. I teared up. I don't have a father. I grew up missing him. My mom can't make it to my graduation either because she finally found a job after a long period of unemployment. I don't think she can take time off. With a smile, Juliet said, I think we're going to be really good friends. We have so much in common. We have more in common than you think, I said, taking off my hat. <gasps> Juliet screamed. I don't believe it. Girl, are we twins? I feel like I'm looking at myself in the mirror right now, she said. I thought the same when I first saw you. I said to myself, we are proof that everyone has a twin, and added, 
If you have a heart-shaped mark on your ankle, then I will definitely believe it. Juliet showed me her ankle and said, Of course I do. I'm proud of its shape. I'm proud of my mark too, I said, showing her mine. Juliet was so excited. She was out of breath. I was born on April 17th, 2005. You? I screamed. Me too! This was a really bizarre situation and couldn't simply be a coincidence. But Juliet said her mom died during labor. My dad died in a car accident when I was three years old. If we hadn't known about these, we would have believed that we were twins. I said sadly, shoot, I wish we were twins separated at birth. I think there's still a chance. What if your mom is lying to you and my dad is lying to me? Maybe this is their biggest secret and they're hiding it from us. Juliet responded. <laughs> that only happens in the movies, I said laughing. We can play a little game to figure this out. Do you mind taking your uniform off? Let's see if it'll fit me as well as it fits you, she said. When Juliet told me about her plan, I couldn't believe it. We were going to switch places for a day. I was going to go to her home. She was going to go to mine. We were going to figure out if my mom and her dad were lying to us or not. First, I began telling her all the things she needed to know to pretend to be me. What's our home address? How do I greet my mom when she gets home? What words do I use most? What's my bedtime? She took notes as I went on. My mom wasn't going to be able to tell she wasn't me. Then Juliet did the same and told me all about her life. We could switch lives now. And that meant I would get to live a billionaire's life for 24 hours. 10 minutes later, I was in a luxury car driving towards Juliet's family mansion. I was incredibly excited. When the car stopped, one of the security guards came running to open the door. When I saw how glamorous the house was, I yelled, Oh my God! Guards stared at me, surprised. It made no sense for me to say that. This was my house. Oh my God, I'm graduating soon! I yelled again to distract them. I hoped it would make them forget my previous reaction. Juliet told me her room was the fourth one on the second floor. But there were so many stairs and rooms, I got confused. I began opening every door in the mansion one by one, trying to figure out which one was Juliet's room. I walked around in a daze, but I finally found my room. Juliet's room was twice the size of our house. I jumped into Juliet's giant bed. This was the softest bed I'd ever felt in my life. It was so big that if we were to have a slumber party, 10 of us could fit into it. Suddenly, there was a knock on the door. A maid walked in. Your father's waiting for you in the lion hall, ma'am, she said. My heart started pounding. Juliet's father could figure out I wasn't his daughter. I followed the maid, feeling scared. There was a big room with lion statues at the door. My father, actually Juliet's father, was sitting in a big chair. Did you forgive me? He asked, pointing to the seat right next to him. I was so excited that I couldn't say anything. I just nodded. I'm going to get you a wonderful private jet. It will be so fast that you can have lunch in New York and dinner in Istanbul, he said. <laughs> When I didn't respond, he said, What's wrong, honey? Is that not enough? Then let me get you a helicopter that you can go to school with. I was tongue-tied. As I was looking around, I saw a painting on the wall. This was my mom. I got even more excited. Because I had switched places with Juliet, I couldn't ask who she was. Suddenly, the door opened. Juliet was holding my mom's hand. She was almost dragging her. My mom said, Stop, honey, you're going to fall down. Look, Dad. Look who I dragged in, Juliet screamed. Juliet's father's eyes got wider. Juliet showed my mom the painting on the wall. 
Mom, this is the painting I told you about. This was you, but my dad lied and told me it was a picture of a family elder. Thanks to this painting, I knew who you were right away, she said. Juliet opened her arms. Melanie, my sister, we're twins. Our parents got divorced when we were born. Mom took you and dad took me, she said. I ran to her and we hugged. Then my father came and hugged us both. Melanie, not a day has passed by that I didn't think of you. I can't tell you how happy I am. I couldn't even imagine seeing my two daughters together, he said. My father turned to my mom. Miranda, please forgive me. I've thought of you every single day. At night, I cried my eyes out looking at this painting. I was a bad husband. Unfortunately, I became a bad father too. If you become my wife again, I promise that I will change, he said. My mom didn't answer. She just smiled. Then she opened her arms wide and said, My lovely daughters. She held us in a warm embrace. That night was the biggest and happiest shock of my life. I still can't believe what happened. I found my lost twin and my father. And my father is a billionaire. I keep saying it out loud to myself to be able to believe it. My mom told me all about the truth she had to hide for years. My father wasn't there for our birth. My mom was in labor. And he was having fun at a club with another woman. She filed for divorce right away, but the judge gave one twin to my mom, the other to my father. My father lost her trace, but he never remarried because he was still in love with her. From my mom's story, I felt that she was both angry and heartbroken. More importantly, she doesn't trust him. My father comes to our house every day to beg my mom to take him back. She always refuses. At the same time, I can see that she loves him too. Juliet stays with us for most of the week. I'm not surprised at all that she leaves her billionaire <laughs> life to come to our place. After all, her loving mom and twin sister are here. Like her, I am living my best and happiest life at the moment. <laughs> Hi, my name is North, and I am always telling the truth. It may seem to some people that such honesty is a perfect quality, but it is very difficult for a person who tells only the truth to find their place in society, and now I will explain why. A few years ago, I was not as honest as I am now, and like all teenagers, I loved lying for my own benefit. My little lies didn't harm anyone, but one day, fate played a very bad joke on me, and my deception resulted in a disaster. Once in winter, my parents asked me to light a fireplace in the living room and watch it until they returned home from work. That day, I was at home with my friend, and after we lit the fireplace, we got bored just sitting and waiting for my parents. My friend persuaded me to go for a walk for some time, and I agreed. When my parents called and asked me where I was, I lied with confidence that I was at home. I was sure that nothing could happen with the fireplace because there was that protection against sparks, but my overconfidence brought dire consequences. Coming back from our walk, I noticed fire trucks rushing towards my house. Everything inside me turned upside down when a black column of smoke rose above the crowns of maple trees right where my house was located. When I ran up to it, I saw just the burning walls and the protruding chimney of the ill-fated fireplace. Neighbors, firefighters, police, and my parents were crowding nearby. When they saw me, they started crying with happiness and rushed to hug me because they thought that I had not been able to get out. As for me, I was totally shocked and could not even say a word. Realizing that it was my fault, I was so dumbstruck that my whole body was covered with unpleasant goosebumps. 
Later, I told my parents everything, and then for the first time, I saw terrible disappointment in their eyes, which I will remember for my whole life. It's easy to guess that I was severely punished for negligence, but I gave myself the most severe verdict on my own. Because of the shock and the argument with my parents, something changed inside of me, and lying has become forbidden for me. I swore to myself and my parents that I would never lie again, and I kept my word. Even when I want to lie for a good reason, I could no longer do it on a subconscious level. You can't even imagine how much my life has changed after the promise I made to myself. I became a different person, and absolutely everyone around me noticed it. My parents were happy with this change and even became a bit softer with me, but my friends did not appreciate my absolute honesty. Telling only the truth, I hurt almost all my friends and classmates by revealing their secrets, so only my best friend Ashley was speaking to me. At first, my strange behavior didn't bother her, but soon everything changed. At the end of the last academic year, as always, the final and most important test in different subjects awaited us. The most difficult one of these subjects was algebra, and no one from our class had ever managed to pass it with a high score. But once, someone was able to find the answers to the test questions in advance, and all the classmates were extremely happy about it. My new principles did not allow me to cheat and copy the answers as this amounted to deception. When the tests were checked, I was the only person in the class who had an average mark, and this raised suspicions among the teachers. On the same day, the headmaster began to demand an explanation from us, and I could not lie to him. As a result, all the tests except mine were zeroed out, and my classmates were rewriting them under the headmaster's supervision. My classmates didn't prepare for the test, and as you've already guessed, all of them, including my friend Ashley, failed it. Her reputation as a good student was ruined, and this was partly my fault. After that, my classmates declared war on me, and Ashley was on their side. I was afraid to go to school as they were trying to ruin my life in every possible way. I could not even have a normal lunch in the cafeteria because no one left me alone. I had to go outside to dine and to spend some time in peace and safety. My parents noticed that my mood changed and began to ask me what happened. I told the whole truth, and they were really outraged by the horrible behavior of my classmates. They thought that I was right and went to school to sort out the matter, which led to a huge scandal. My classmates were punished, which ruined their reputations even more, and then the atmosphere in the class became simply unbearable, and during all the school days remaining before the holidays, my classmates were humiliating me and bullying me. In autumn, I was transferred to another school as I wanted to start my life over. In the new school, no one knew about my absolute honesty, and I tried not to get involved in any class affairs at all. By the way, my class was really big, and everyone in it was divided into two warring camps, which was obvious at first glance. Despite my fears, I quickly found classmates who were willing to talk to me. But anyway, my honesty was still felt, and soon they guessed my peculiarity. My new friend Amy said that I was a godsend for their class. Amy was the monitor, and she kindly told me about a conflict in their class that had flared up a few years ago because of some trivial thing. She saw a hope for reconciliation in me because I was a new student, which meant that I had nothing to do with their conflicts. 
My task was to communicate with the opposing parties and then report to Amy on everything I could get to know to prevent new fights. Many people began to trust me because I was honest with everyone, but no one except Amy knew that I could not keep secrets for a long time and was aware that if I was asked about something, I would immediately tell the whole truth. So I got to know many secrets and told them to Amy despite the fact that I was asked to keep them, but at that moment I was sure that all my efforts would finally help to achieve peace in the class. However, I was mistaken, as I became not a companion for Amy, but a weapon in the war against everyone else. Once, I found out for her one thing that finally got the conflict out of control. I learned that the parents of one of my classmates gave bribes to a physics teacher in exchange for good grades. Amy was happy to hear this because that classmate had been driving her crazy for a long time. She immediately rushed to the headmaster to tell him about it. Due to this piece of news, there arose a huge scandal which had dire consequences. The girl had to go to another school, and the teacher was immediately fired with bad recommendations. I could not believe that Amy took advantage of me in such a manner, but that still was not the worst part. After this incident, she no longer needed me, so she quickly turned everyone in the class against me. Due to this, my school life became a real hell because they began mocking me all the time. My parents, being busy with work, did not notice my bad mood and for that reason did not ask what had happened, otherwise they would have gone to the headmaster again to sort out the matter. However, even without this, life at school was practically unbearable. The rumor about my trick quickly spread and even people from parallel classes stopped communicating with me. I had to have dinner outside again, and this did not really make me happy because it was terribly cold outside. In the end, I realized that I was tired of this and decided to express everything to my classmates. Before the beginning of the lesson, I approached Amy with confidence, yelled at her, and pushed her so hard that she fell and hit her head. But I didn't stop there and hurt literally everyone. I was gripped by such intense anger that I could no longer control my emotions. Unfortunately, this had negative consequences for me. I thought that my deed showed my strength, but in response, my classmates took up arms against me. Amy, along with everyone else, went to the headmaster and reported everything to him. He was not happy with my behavior and said that fights at his school were unacceptable and that I would have to leave it immediately. I was both upset and happy with the fact that I left that school. My parents realized how difficult it was for me to adapt in the class and offered me to study remotely. I liked this idea, so I agreed. Do you think it is useful to lie sometimes, or is it better to always tell the truth? Give your answers in the comments. Do not forget to click on the thumbs up button below the video if you liked it and share it with your friends. Hi guys, I'm Rachel, but you can just call me Ray. My story is about how our family came to live on an island and we lived there all alone, we thought. It all started on a normal Friday night. My dad had a family meeting. In the living room, my parents, me, and my dim-witted brother, Jack. Dad proudly declared, I've worked hard and finally saved the right amount for my dream. My brother asked, how much did it add up to? $300 million. Dad proudly replied. We all whistled in amazement. Well, I should tell you that my dad had started his own stationery company when he was young, working and saving all his life. So when I realized where he was going, I exclaimed, 
Please don't tell me you bought it after all. My father interrupted my pathetic cry. I bought an island and we're moving. No! I was only 16 years old. And you must understand, I had my life all set up. School, friends, a boyfriend I was secretly in love with. I didn't want to change anything. So when Dad sent us packing, I protested. But Mom reassured me a little. Ray, it's summer. We'll live there for a bit. You'll love it. Mom, that's ridiculous. What island? But it's Daddy's dream. He cares about us. Give him a chance. I puffed up like that spiny fish, showing my displeasure, but still went to my room to pack my bags. In the morning, our whole family was on the pier, waiting for the boat. Instead of a beautiful yacht came a cargo ship. All of us climbed aboard. Dad walked past the huge containers and narrated, This is where we keep our groceries. I only took the ones that don't spoil quickly. He pointed to the next one. Here are the building materials. That's when my dumb brother decided to get involved. He pointed to the largest container and yelled, And this is where all of Rachel's clothes are, right? Dad and my brother laughed. At that moment, I felt the ship move. It took us two whole days to get to the island. By the way, it turned out that my brother Jack gets seasick. So I had fun watching him suffer. So what? He makes fun of me. Well, finally, we made it. Huge containers were stacked right on the shore. And a little further away, my Robinson daddy decided to set up a camp. All day long, we were setting up bungalows. And at some point, I got so bored, I said, I'm going for a walk around the island. Daddy wanted to say something to me, but Mom said I needed to be alone. In fact, I wanted to call my friend Shelly and complain to her. I wandered around the island looking for a place where I could get a signal, but no luck. And then I saw the highest mountain. As I mustered my strength, I decided to climb it. It wasn't easy, and I crawled on all fours for the last hundred meters. After catching my breath, I took out my phone, but there was still no signal. I rushed around the mountaintop, but all in vain. We were cut off from the outside world. Suddenly, I stepped on something soft and hot. I jerked my foot away sharply. There were embers from a fire, and it seemed as if it was still burning not long ago. An extraordinary thought crossed my mind. If someone made a fire, then we're not alone here after all. And at the same moment, I heard some rustling in the bushes. I screamed like a lunatic. I rushed off this mountain. I didn't stop until I got to camp. My mother met me at our camp. What happened? After such a marathon, I could barely get it out. There's someone else on the island. Dad and my brother just laughed. Dad said, of course there are, rodents and birds, but no one besides them. Dad didn't even want to listen to me, which made me very angry. Soon it got dark, and after dinner, we all went to bed. But we didn't get much sleep. I was awakened by a rustling noise. I decided to check it out. I didn't want to wake up my family. Well, they wouldn't believe me anyway. I switched on the flashlight on my phone and went to explore. The sound was coming from the shore, from where the containers with our things were. As I got closer, I saw that one of the doors was open. I took a rock and threw it inside. There was a loud, 
Ouch! After that, someone's shadow ran out of the container. I could have sworn it was a human. It ran into the bushes. I rushed after it. But as I was making my way through the bushes, I lost the thief. Now I knew for sure we were not alone. After closing the container, I headed back to camp. In the morning, I told my brother what had happened during the night. You must have seen a monkey, he answered. The only monkey here is you. Oh, you probably crawled in there yourself last night to get something to eat. Ah, shut up and help me catch the thief. All right, there's nothing else to do here anyway, my brother agreed. I took a stick and scribbled a drawing of a trap in the sand. We spent the evening making it, and when we were done, we high-fived each other. Jack proudly declared, Here, now when the thief opens the door, the net will shoot at him and we'll get him. Then my brother and I hid in the bushes and waited. Well, truth be told, Jack fell asleep very quickly, leaving me alone on guard duty. Suddenly, I saw the same figure creep up to the container door. He opened the door, hiding behind it like a shield. The net shot out and fell to the ground. The thief, as if nothing had happened, made his way inside, like he knew about the trap. I yelled loudly to frighten the thief, and then I rushed towards him. The burglar, however, tripped me. I stumbled and flew inside the box. I tried to get out, but he slammed the door. The goddamn thief outplayed me and wiped me out. I started pounding on the door, hoping someone would hear me. And it worked. A minute later, the door was opened by my satisfied brother. I shouted, what are you so happy about? We missed him. You missed him. I didn't. There was a thief lying in the sand, tangled in the net. My brother managed to catch him. We got closer. The thief started growling and kicking. When we got a closer look, we realized that it was a girl, and she was our age. Jack said, we got a savage. You're a savage. Get me out of here, shouted the thief. We were shocked that she could talk. All right, but promise me you won't run away, I said. The girl reluctantly nodded. Freeing herself from the net, she shook herself off and said, I'm Erica. How did you end up on the island? Jack asked. Erica sighed and told us her story. Erica's father wanted to send her to study in Switzerland, but the girl didn't want to. She stole her father's sailboat to punish him, but she got caught in a storm. The girl fell overboard and lost consciousness, and then she woke up on the island. That was three months ago, maybe more, Erica added. Jack and I both whistled. But why didn't you come to us in the first place? What if you're slave traders or cannibals? She added, I want to go home. When are you sailing off? Tomorrow? The day after tomorrow? But my brother intervened. But we're not planning to leave. My father bought this island. What? But I thought... Erica cried. She turned around and ran into the jungle. My brother wanted to chase after her, but I stopped him. In the morning, we told our parents everything. Mom was silent, and Dad started laughing again. But to everyone's surprise, Erica walked into the bungalow. Dad was abruptly silent. Erica asked in a commanding voice, A ship with provisions ought to be coming to you. When? Father answered confusedly, At the end of the summer. Erica was upset, and she sat down next to us. She snatched the chocolate from Jack's hands and swallowed it whole. Jack didn't like that and called Erica a slob. The girl, of course, was offended. So she went to the beach. I decided to talk to her. Erica was, after all, surviving on the island on her own. 
She's a girl from a rich family. She's probably struggling here. In the sunlight, I was able to get a better look at Erica. She did look like a savage. That's when I realized I knew what could cheer any girl up. I ran back to my room and got a little backpack, and then I handed it to her. Erica was surprised and opened the bag. When she saw what was inside, her eyes lit up with happiness. She shouted, Real shampoo and cream, even makeup. Yes, this is my gift to you. She hugged me so hard that my bones cracked. After getting the backpack, Erica ran off into the jungle again. She didn't show up until the evening. My brother was eating soup when she came in. Erica looked gorgeous. Long, silky hair, makeup. Jack even dropped his plate of hot soup in astonishment. My brother jumped up and started pacing around the bungalow. After making sure he was all right, we all shared a good laugh. Jack was no longer rude to our guest. He spent the whole evening wooing her and trying to give her something to eat. He seemed to have a crush on her. But Erica didn't reciprocate my brother's feelings. She still remembered how Jack had insulted her. The summer was coming to an end, and Dad was starting to get tired. He admitted that his idea of living on the island was quite silly. Now we were all counting down the days together when the ship would arrive. One day, Erica was teaching Jack and me how to fish. Jack asked the girl, So, how do you throw a spear properly? Erica giggled and said to me, Ray, will you show him? I swung and threw the spear in my brother's direction. The spear landed right next to his leg. The guy yelled, Are you sick? Were you trying to kill me? I grabbed the spear and pulled it out of the water. There was a fish fluttering on the tip of the spear. I missed because I was aiming for you, I told Jack with a sneer. Suddenly, Erica pointed her hand somewhere in the distance and yelled, The ship! Ship! We turned around. There was a ship heading towards the island. The three of us ran to warn our parents. A few hours later, we were already loading our belongings on board. Of course, it was Erica who was the happiest of all. She kept rushing us. Come on, what are you doing? Hurry up! We were all ready for twilight. Erica and I stood on the deck and admired the stars. But it was Jack who spoiled the moment. He got seasick again and dumped everything he'd eaten at dinner overboard. Well, this time I felt a little sorry for him. Two days later, we were already in port. A black limousine was also parked there. A man who looked a lot like the rich man from Monopoly got out of it. Erica ran toward him. They hugged each other. It was her father. Don't ever run away from me again, he said with tears in his eyes. Not unless you send me to another country, Erica answered, also with tears in her eyes. I promise. Erica and her dad got into the limo and the car took off. Now tears were running down my cheeks. She left without even saying goodbye. But the limo turned around. Erica jumped out of it and hugged each of us, even Jack. To me, she said, Did you really think I was going to leave like this? And she hugged me tight again. She handed me a card with a number on it. Call me. Let's go to the movies this weekend, said my new friend. I'll definitely call, I smiled. Can I come with you? asked Jack. We'll think about it, Erica and I said at the same time. Anyway, it ended well. Erica mended her relationship with her father, our dad went back to business, and I met my best friend. How did you meet your best friend? Write it in the comments. Like this video, and make sure you subscribe to the channel. Bye! 
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.